brethren, Brother Bob here again. Short podcast on why it should be obvious that the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, gifts have ended. Now, I do have biblical reasons on why I know that the sign gifts have ended, and I do have grammatical reasons on why I know that the English word perfect in the Greek language, where the Bible reads, when the perfect comes, is referring to the completed Bible. But to be honest, I really don't need any of that info to know that the signs and wonders, gifts of the Holy Spirit at the first capital A apostles had are over. All a person has to do to verify that the Holy Spirit's signs and wonders gifts are over, or for that matter, even the small signs and wonders gifts are over, is to use a little common sense and look out your window. It's plain to see that those mighty, amazing, apostolic-like raising people from the dead and or reattaching missing body part types of miracles are just not going on today. Brethren, I have shared this a thousand times over the years, and I'm going to share it some more on this podcast. If there was just one person on the entire planet Earth who was healing the blind and making the paralyzed walk, speaking in earthly languages that he never learned, giving God's people real, genuine, accurate, prophetic, i.e. never before told information about forthcoming events, bringing back people from the dead, there would be, not might be, there would be literally millions of YouTube or TikTok videos out there in internet land showing us this. And just to show you that I am a teachable man, this gifted man of God who had this supernatural gift of healing wouldn't even have to raise very many dead people to get me to change my views on this topic. Obviously, I said that sarcastically. I mean, again, I would love to see some of these things happening. I would love to see almighty power of the true God of heaven and earth do some amazing things. And again, I'll touch on this later later on here, but uh, them apostolic-like gifts just aren't happening. I mean, who in his right mind wouldn't love to see dead people resurrected or people's missing limbs reattached? That would be amazing. Now, for all you signs and wonders seeking believers, all I'm asking for are some live streaming videos of, I don't know, maybe an entire village of people being healed by the touch of one man or or maybe all of the children in a children's cancer hospital being healed one by one by someone who has the apostolic-like gift of healing. Now, even though that sounds pretty incredible, that wouldn't have been too much for Christ or Peter or Paul to do when they still had those super-duper signs and wonders gifts. Now, I want to say this for the 50th million time of my life. I do believe that the Lord is still choosing to do some amazing supernatural things throughout the world today. The difference today is that the Lord is not using just one specific person on a regular basis like a Peter or a Paul to do these miraculous things. He's doing them all by himself. From what I see these days, the Lord is simply choosing to exhibit a few miracles here and there, as he wills, using whomever he chooses for whatever reason he chooses. So what I'm basically saying is that there is no one in the church today who can simply choose to heal someone because they have the spontaneous gift of healing. Now again, anybody who has any spiritual discernment and isn't hard-hearted can look out their window and see this. I don't need to prove this to you. You know that. It's just as there is no one out there who has the ability to heal on demand, just as there is no one in the church age today who gets the tongue language gift simply because they desire it. Now, I'm even going to go one step further and say that there is no one in the church age today who gets the Holy Spirit gift of new prophecy or new knowledge or a tongue language simply because they desire it. 
Brethren, those days of one person doing all kinds of amazing supernatural signs and wonders, miracles, over and over and over again are over. Again, just look out your window. Check the Facebook sites. Read magazines or website articles from the Voice of Martyrs or Franklin Graham's Good Samaritan Ministries websites. You won't see stories about this. Now, you will hear about or read about amazing miracles that the Lord chooses to do on his own, but that's not the norm for the church. That's just God going outside the box and choosing, for whatever reason, to do what he wants to do. And brethren, just for the record, there's a lot of good, decent, God-fearing Christian men and women out there who serve the Lord with all their heart, who don't get healed. And then there's people who don't deserve to be healed, but the Lord does not anyways. Remember, the healing thing and all these gift things were to glorify God. It wasn't to glorify the person doing the miracles. Brethren, once the scriptures, i.e. the word of God for his church, was completed, our Heavenly Father expects his children to walk by his commandments, instructions, and teachings that he established for his church age, and not by what they see or feel or experience. Now, to be honest, many times this is where God's people stumble when they try to do things that please the Lord. And they stumble when they don't take in the whole counsel of God's written word when determining which part of the Bible is for the church age. Now, anyone with more spiritual discernment than a French fry already knows that the church epistles are God's instructions for, wait for it, wait for it, for his church. Now, even in these church epistles, which were written over 50-year period, things changed from one way to a better way. Those earliest church epistles, like the two letters to the Corinthians, had things, teachings, and supernatural events going on that had ended, or which were ending or changed by the time the last church epistles were written. If I could put up a graph for you to see, uh, showing the church epistles from when they were first written to when the last one was written, John, and the book of Revelation, uh, you would see those first epistles had a lot of signs and wonders things going on it. By the time you get to the books of Timothy and Thessalonica, there's nothing going on. There's no signs and gifts. There's no requirements in those church epistles, those last church epistles for elders or deacons to be speaking in a tongue or healing people or or to get some mystical second baptism of the Holy Spirit to qualify to be an elder or a deacon. Signs and wonder gifts that were prevalent in the first or early church epistles had already stopped by the time the last epistles were written. And again, this is where spiritual discernment comes into play. Brethren, just because the believers in the earliest churches, like the Corinthian churches, were getting new revelation and new prophetic knowledge and doing amazing signs and wonders gifts, that does not mean that those things were to continue in today's church age. Brethren, listen to me. Maybe you weren't aware of it, but we do have well-documented historical records from those church leaders who came after the apostles had died. Anyways, in those well-documented historical church writings, there is not one single example of any of the second-generation church leaders who would have come right after the apostles had died off, who may claim to doing or seeing any kinds of signs and wonder gifts that the believers like Peter and Paul had done while the church was first being established. There isn't even one example of any believer in his historical records having the God-ordained supernatural tongue language gift. Brethren, God is not a liar. When God's written word promises us that the signs and wonder gifts will cease when he completes his written info for the church in a book we call the Bible, you can be absolutely confident that they will cease. 
And I believe that the only reason for the past 2,000 years that we have not seen those God-ordained signs and wonder gifts on God's green earth is that the Lord promised us that they would end when his written instructions for the church was completed. He's not a God of confusion. He's not going to tell us one thing and then do something else. The good Lord always says what he means and means what he says. So again, the only logical reason that for the past 2,000 years we have not seen those God-ordained signs and wonders, gifts on God's green earth, is that the Lord promised us that they would end when his written instructions for the church was completed. Now I know what I just said drives those emotionally driven believers crazy. But there's no other reason for those signs and wonders, gifts to have ended or to not be functioning or not be seen, except for the fact that the Lord said they would end in a specific time when a specific specific thing happened. And the only thing that's happened that I believe is specific to that verse when the perfect comes is the completion of the scriptures. There's no other logical reason for those gifts to have ended except for what I'm telling you. The perfect was the completed word of God. Now, sadly, you're going to hear people tell you, well, the reason that they're not these signs and wonders gifts aren't out there is because of a lack of faith. That's just a lie. The Corinthians were the most carnal church that ever existed in the Bible, and yet they were loaded up with all kinds of people who were doing miraculous signs and wonders. And then what's really sad is you're going to get these believers who are going to say, yeah, Brother Bob, I, I don't know why these signs and wonders gifts aren't going on. I just don't understand it. And they refuse to accept the fact that they might have ended And they keep looking for them, even though they don't see them, even though they believe they should be there and they're not there, they refuse to accept the fact that their belief is wrong, that there are not supposed to be signs and wonders, gifts going on in the church age. Do you realize how spiritually blinded someone has to be to say, I just don't know why the signs and gifts aren't happening, and yet refuse to accept that they might have ended? They refuse to accept they might have ended, even though you might try to convince a believer that the Bible says they've ended. They refuse to give that ship up. They just hang on to that, even though it's obvious they're not going on. That's amazing. That's what the Bible called dark light. Christ said, woe unto you when you have the dark light. Because having this dark light inside of you makes you think you're doing the things that God wants you to do, but you really have the spiritual light turned off, so you're not understanding and discerning spiritual truth. Again, God's people are commanded to walk by faith and not by what we see. Now, that walking by faith means to walk in obedience to God's written word. And not to walk by what you see means to stop living your biblical life through your feely, emotional, spiritual experiences. So again, even if we didn't have the truth, the grammatical truth of 1 Corinthians 13.10 written in the Bible, which tells me that when the perfect comes, the sign gifts will end, it should still be quite obvious to any believer with more spiritual discernment than a third grader that not only are the signs and wonder gifts of the Apostle Paul's early days ended, even the supernatural ability for any believer to simply walk up to whomever and heal them is over. I say this because today in the church age, there are people who claim to have this spontaneous ability to heal whenever they want to, And yet there's no show when it comes to really proving it. I tell you right now, brethren, those fake healers or faith teachers or faith prophets are charlatans. They're charlatans selling God for a prophet. Or or that or they're workers of iniquity who are serving Satan and not the Lord of all lords. And here's a little side note. 
And yes, the devil has no problem performing a miracle or two if it will lead a person away from the sound teachings of God's written word or, or even lead somebody away from the true free gift of the gospel of Christ. Now, I shared all this stuff with you right up front so that you can see or hear the direction my podcast is headed. Now, again, brethren, I don't share these things to be mean. I'm just trying to get the church to wake up. They're asleep behind the wheel. There's so many believers in the church who don't know the scriptures. They have total lack of spiritual discernment. Uh, They're deceived. They're led astray. There's all kinds of false prophets babbling false truths on the Internet, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever. A lot of God's people are very spiritual, but they're biblically ignorant. They just don't know their scriptures. And a reason for that is a, a lot of believers are just spiritually lazy. They don't want to get into the Bible and study it. And another reason is that a lot of believers allow their emotions to deceive them. They listen to people they should not be listening to. So now again, I believe that by far most of those believers who are caught up in these signs and wonders, hopes and dreams, visions and signs and wonders and whatever it is, do so because they allow their heart instead of their mind to direct their spiritual lives. So here's a spiritual litmus test that I have put together, which will reveal if you're an emotionally led believer. Again, these are four people who the Lord would consider to be born again. I'll let the Lord separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to Judgment Day, but uh, whenever I share these messages, it's directed towards born-again believers or people who profess to be born again. So here we go. Take some notes. If you verify that a sermon you're about to give is of the Lord because you heard some similar words from your yet-shared sermon, shared previously, maybe during a morning Bible study or a Wednesday night Bible study, and you think that you're speaking for the Lord because your word or the thing you were going to speak was verified, you're an emotionally driven believer. If you believe that the Holy Spirit actually gave another believer a word to share with the sheep, just because the believer said the Lord gave them a word to share, you are an emotionally led believer. If you believe those believers who display some kind of supernatural healing gift or tongue language gift or prophecy gift are better saved than any others, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. If you believe that another believer needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit a second, third, or fourth time, instead of just having the faith to walk in the first baptism they receive and they got born again, you are an emotionally led and deceived believer. If you believe the only way for a believer to learn or know biblical truth is through a movement of the Holy Spirit, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. Now, yes, the Holy Spirit will teach and enlighten, but we also have our responsibility to learn and study God's Word. So here's the next one. If you believe that the evidence of a person being properly saved or better saved is if they speak in a tongue, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. If you believe that any time a believer chooses through their own choice or own free will, to do a work for the Lord, like maybe some street preaching or jail ministry service, or chooses to study the Bible on their own, that they are doing a work in the flesh, if you believe that, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. If you believe that a lost person can get saved by someone laying their hands on them and passing salvation onto that lost person through osmosis, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. Brethren, nobody can get prayed out of hell. People have to choose to believe the gospel of Christ. Here's the next one. If you believe that a professing born-again believer is probably not really saved because of the bad doctrines they teach, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. 
If you refuse to at least look into biblical doctrines from other believers that go contrary to your own biblical beliefs, you're an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. So here's a side note on that. If you believe that your spiritual convictions are solidly Bible-based, why are you afraid to have your beliefs challenged? It always amazes me. And here's the last one. And finally, if you believe that any professing born-again believer who says they believe in the free gift gospel of Christ, but who is presently living a carnal, unrepentant life, can lose or forfeit their eternal salvation, you are an emotionally led, emotionally deceived believer. Brethren, no one maintains their salvation by being good or decent. No one loses their salvation by living an ungodly, wicked life. Okay, salvation is either free or it's free, plus we have to maintain it. It's absolutely free. It's as free as the air we breathe. Now, there's going to be eternal consequences for those believers who live a carnal, unrepented life, but they don't forfeit their eternal life. They don't forfeit their eternal salvation. If they're truly born again, they're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, but they're going to be saved by the skin of their teeth, as the Bible teaches. As I share quite often on my podcast, I believe the only way that a a true born-again believer can forfeit or lose their eternal life is if they openly renounce the faith they once believed in. It happens all the time. You read about it. There's some amazing stories of believers who were faithfully serving the Lord for years. Now, again, only the Lord knows truly who's born again or not, but uh, I absolutely believe that a person, for whatever sinful reason, can choose to deny Christ as their Savior. I mean, if you do that, you know what? The Lord has no obligation to pay for your sins. So I truly believe that if a person publicly renounces their faith in Christ, they can forfeit their salvation. Now, that's not the same thing as a believer living a carnal life. Two different things. Two different apples and oranges. I have some other podcasts that explain that. Please listen to them. Brethren, as I have already shared with you, common sense alone should reveal to you that if those Holy Spirit signs and wonders gifts were still happening, it would mean that the supernatural gifts, like the tongue language gift, new prophecy gift, new knowledge gifts of God's written word, things we don't know already, would be all around us for all to see. There'd be people showing amazing things, amazing supernatural events. There'd be people in churches who were saying, hey, the Lord gave us new revelation. We need to add it to our Bible. Okay, so there'd be these specific prophetic words from people who would say, you know what, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, seven years from now, we know all this stuff that's been happening in our country uh, abortion, homosexuality, LDT, GBQ, XY, transgender stuff, all the corruption, all the massive um, disasters that have happened. No, nothing specific. There's no prophetic word from any so-called gifted prophet of God who shared any information to help me know that the Amazon stock was going to go way up or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I say that facetiously, but prophetic words from the Lord that we're doing with future events were precise. They weren't just some vague Nostradamus type thing that's going on today on the YouTube and Facebook pages. Brethren, when it comes to understanding biblical truth, you have to stop listening to your heart and start using your mind. Your heart or your emotions are always going to lead you astray. You're going to be up and down, in and out, back and forth. But sound, logical truth, once you lock that into your brain cells, it's there forevermore. Unless somebody comes along and teaches you a better way. Now, the key word there is teaches you a better way. Okay, But you got to turn off that emotion button when you're trying to figure out and understand the truths of scriptures. And again, I just want to clarify. When I say I don't see these signs and wonders, apostolic gifts going on, 
I'm not talking about the secret hidden healing shenanigans that go on at a Benny Hinn sideshow concert. And again, when I say that the, the mighty Holy Spirit signs and wonders, apostolic-like gifts are not going on, I'm not saying that in rare instances the Lord himself chooses to do a mighty miracle. So let's get that straight. I mean, wouldn't it be an amazing way to glorify God if some born-again believer had this amazing ability to, I don't know, let's say go out to the graveyard and raise up some dead bodies or heal or feed everyone in a hospital? I mean, that would be pretty amazing. That would glorify the Lord. That's not the kind of believers the Lord's looking for in the church age. He wants people to walk by faith. You read what the book says, you trust that it's from the Lord, and you do what it says, and you stay faithful to that, and you don't grow weary of doing good. That's what the Lord's looking for today in the church age. Believers who are going to be faithful to the already written, established church doctrines in the Bible. Now, I want to say this for about the 50th million time also in my life. I know that there are believers who do not believe in the tongue language gift, who do believe in a tongue prayer thingy. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand why anyone would want to throw up a bunch of babbling gibberish to the great I am. Now, Let's be honest, brethren. That's what that's what praying in a tongue is to our ears. However, even with that said, I, being a dedicated studier of God's written word, could see where someone could have a different view of the verse at 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Now, these podcast rebukes are not directed at believers who genuinely and sincerely believe that they can pray in a tongue. But again, for the life of me, I don't understand why anyone would want to throw up a bunch of babbling gibberish to their Heavenly Father. But nevertheless, I do believe there is room for doctrinal differences on this tongue prayer thing. With that said, though, there's no biblical wiggle room for having differences of opinions on if the signs and wonders gifts of the healing gift, the prophecy gift, the new gift of knowledge, or speaking in a tongue's language gift have ended. No argument. There's no wiggle room. They're over with. Yeah, I just want to share something here. You know, when the Bible talks about some types of knowledge or prophecy ceasing, we're not talking about having the knowledge to understand God's Word or having somebody be able to teach, maybe a gifted teacher who can teach prophecy better than other people. We're talking about new prophetic stuff. We're talking about new knowledge. So another way that we can verify that the tongue language gift is going to end is because we're no longer receiving new, brand new prophetic revelation from the Lord. We're not receiving brand new prophetic information from the Lord. New prophetic revelation that we would have to add to our scriptures. New revelation of knowledge that we would have to add to our scriptures. That's over with. So what proves to me that this verse, the perfect, is referring to the Bible, is the Bible, because we have no more pages in our Bible than we did 2,000 years ago, or when the Bible was finally put together. So again, this should be common sense that these gifts that are going to end, new knowledge, new prophecy, speaking in a tongues language, is speaking about the Bible being completed, should be a no-brainer for anybody with spiritual discernment, because these new knowledges, these new prophetic words, these new revelations from the Lord have ended. And with the ending of these new knowledge revelations and new prophetic revelations included in there is the tongue gift, which will end at the same time that these other gifts end. This is like really simple stuff, people. You just got to turn off the emotion button and use your brain. So here's another important thought about this topic that you need to listen to. Just because a believer does something 
because they believe it to be biblically true, that does not make it biblically true. I truly believe that's the main reason why believers get caught up in this speaking in a tongue thing. The believers who attend these types of signs and wonder-seeking churches are bombarded week after week with the unbiblical concept that it's of the Lord to speak in a tongue. Or, or they're told if you really want to manifest the presence of the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in a tongue. Or they're told speaking in a tongue verifies your salvation, etc., etc., etc. My God, the peer pressure alone in a church environment like that will get believers to believe anything they initially knew was not of the Lord. And here's another important thing about these signs and wonders people. Anyone at a signs and wonders church or maybe at some spiritual revival meeting who tells you or teaches you or implies that a lost person can get saved by someone simply laying their hands on them is really deceived. As is the poor soul who believes that they were eternally saved because someone who professed to know Christ put their hands on them. No one, absolutely no one gets saved by a laying out of the hand or through some chanting they did or through some kind of movement of the Spirit that does not include a sharing and an understanding and accepting of the gospel of Yeshua Christ. Brethren, what I share on, in this podcast is not intended to give God's people another viewpoint of 1 Corinthians 13.10. If you don't agree with what I'm sharing in here, you might as well just turn this podcast off. Go listen to Benny Hind or, or Mike Warren podcast. What I share in this podcast is meant to correct you if you believe differently or teach the truth to you if you have no opinion at all. I have been biblically dogmatic about this topic for a long time. And that's because the scriptures, taking in a whole council of the scriptures, are clear on this matter. And just for the record, I'm a teachable man. I have changed a few of my biblical views of doctrines over the years. However, I only changed my mind in the past because I was challenged with biblical truth, and not because I was emotionally moved to change my views. Sadly, there are many in the Church of the Living God who are so blinded by their devotions to denominational doctrines or their church buddies or close family members that they simply refuse to see or accept the obvious trees in the forest. Again, brethren, peer pressure is a powerful thing. Even the Apostle Peter succumbed to ungodly peer pressure. And here's another thing about the, the, tongue, the tongue thing. It's easy to fake. Let's be honest. The believer can't fake the ability to heal the blind or heal the paralytic. Although some professing believers do a pretty good job of conning people into believing they're doing that. And a believer most definitely can't fake bringing dead people back to life. Brethren, our churches and our nursing homes and our hospitals are full of sick people. Lord knows we could sure use a true apostolic-like healer of the Lord in this day and age. It's also important to understand that God's people can be self-deceived. You're going to hear believers say, there's no way that I could ever be that deceived about something I believe so strongly about. Oh yeah, that's not what the Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter thought. 2 Timothy 3.13, But evil men and apostles will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Corinthians 11.3, For I fear that somehow... Your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. Romans 16, I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to teachings which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. By their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. 2 Thessalonians 2.3, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come 
unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness, who is the Antichrist, is revealed. This speaks of believers being deceived by a pre-trib rapture. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. But false prophets also rose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Peter says many, he implies many in the church, will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be maligned. Even Yeshua Christ said in Matthew 24, as Yeshua Christ was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him and they said, Tell us what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And the first thing out of his mouth is, See that no one misleads you. Now again, I don't doubt that some of you tongue speakers really believe that you are being obedient to the scriptures. But brethren, sincerity that's not coupled with biblical truth is simply religious gibberish. And even if you profess to have this belief about the tongue gift, it's quite obvious from the way you do the tongue thingy that you do, that you really don't know your scriptures. Again, initially, 1 Corinthians 14.21 talks about that this sign tongue gift of, of a new or a different language was for God's own people. That means God, it was for the Jews. It was for unbelievers. Again, it's really simple. It says in 1 Corinthians 14.21, I will speak to my own people, which means the Jews, through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, which are Gentiles. But even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. For you see that speaking in a tongue is a sign not for believers, but for the unbelievers. Using common sense alongside a decent knowledge of God's written word needs to be a tool for any believer who truly wants to grow up in the knowledge and the truths of God's written word. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 9-12. through 12. The Antichrist will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and, and miracles. And the Antichrist will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would have saved them or rescued them. The word means rescued them. It means to be rescued from the deception of these false signs and wonders. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe lies rather than the truth. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Again, this is not a warning just for lost people. This is for people in the church. So let me close with this again. Matthew twenty four twenty two. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is a Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Are you aware who the elect are? Are the good and decent unsaved people the elect? Of course not. Are the worldly-minded, half-hearted children of God the elect? Well, the elect means choice. It means favorite. It means best. That means the best of the best of God's children. If it wasn't for the Lord coming back, even they would have been deceived by the amazing powers of this Antichrist. Brethren, I share this because God's people need to understand that the signs and wonders that the Antichrist and his crew perform are so convincing that if the Lord Yeshua Christ would not have returned when he did, even the best of the best of God's people would have been duped by the signs and wonders that the Antichrist puts on. Brethren, I find it amazing that the very thing, the very first thing that Christ shares when his apostles ask him what the end times are going to be like is to say, see to it that no one misleads you. I mean, isn't it amazing? The very first thing. And then Yeshua Christ says, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And finally, he says, and will, and will mislead many. There you go. A lot of deception going on in the end time church. And again, what are these chosen, i.e. pleasing believers in Yeshua, going to be deceived by? 
the amazing and powerful and godlike signs and wonders of the Antichrist. Brethren, this Antichrist is not going to be some demonic, evil-looking guy who's always seen dressed in a red suit carrying a pitchfork. He's going to be pretty sharp. He's going to be pretty amazing. He's going to be very, very deceptive. That's why Christ warns his followers, Behold, I have told you in advance the things that are going to happen in the end-time church. Therefore, be on the alert. Again, one more time. Let me share this. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The Antichrist will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. The Antichrist will use every kind of deception to fool those who are on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would have spared them from this destruction. And because even believers fall for this con man, it says God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Yeah, God's even though God loves his children, if you ignore his word and you start doing what seems right in your own eyes, you get caught up in all this end-time spiritual magic shows and signs and wonders going on, the Lord's going to allow you to be deceived because you didn't listen to the warnings that were given to you in God's word about what the end times are going to be like. Brethren, if you're running your spiritual life through your emotional experiences, this Antichrist is going to deceive you. I'm going to tell you right now. And you're not going to know it before it's too late. So be on your guard. Be alert. Don't go by your feelings. Walk by faith and not by what you see. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob. And again, the only way to separate religious gibberish from sound biblical truth is to know your scriptures. 